Hi, I'm Katherine Gallagher. Jan Pesson. And this is Pitchin' About Food, Jan. The theme of today's show is showbiz gumption, or as Will likes to call it, clutch. Because we had a guest all ready to rumble, and at the very last minute, uh, something came up and she couldn't do it. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Am I going to talk to Will about his hamburgers? Uh, Will, you're not off the hook with your hamburgers, by the way. He's got a whole hamburger thing happening. But then well, I... Well, you could just talk for an hour. You'd be happy to do that. <laughs> Shut up, Jan. Okay. Anyway, I decided I was going to call my old pal, Jane Morris, to come in. And I called her up. I'm like, hey, you're not by chance doing anything on Sunday. Do you want to come and be a podcast guest for now? And of course, Jane said yes. Yay! So because of my wel- rule. Yeah. Please welcome the woman who used to be known as the Harriet Tubman of comedy, Jane Morris, to the podcast. She has brokered more people in the journey from Chicago to L.A. than you can shake a stick at. She's an actress. She's been in a million movies. She's been in The Princess Bride, The Laundromat with Meryl Streep. We were just talking about, true. was it True Lies? True, true Lies. Lies. Yeah. Every time I turn and watch some movie, I'm like, oh, my God, that's Jane Morris. Yeah, that's Jane Morris. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God, there's Jane Morris. I'm wondering if, because Jan and I were driving here and we saw the Michelle and Barack Obama Center for Peace and Justice or whatever it is down the street, I'm like, oh, that means Michelle Obama maybe comes here sometime. I want her. So, you know, Michelle Obama's on my list of people I would like to have on the podcast along with Nikki Russ-Ferdman. And, and I said to Jan, and Meryl Streep. I'm sure Jane has an in with Meryl Streep. Yeah, I she, do. We she, were buddies now. She did, a, she did a scene with her <laughs> in the laundromat. We did a few days. Yeah, a couple of days. Yeah. So and fun. so I'm sure you could just call her up and go, hey, you want to be on Gallagher's podcast? And she'll be like, yeah, she'll, I, I, sure. I'll who is do this? that tomorrow. <laughs> who is this again? Yeah. Anyway, um, thank you for being here oh you know i have no life so and my rule is if somebody asks you to do something say yes unless it's and this isn't showbiz mind you like yeah of course do a thing if somebody asks you say yes unless it's outdoors then say no (laughs) blanket no yeah well good rule jane is an amazing actress and writer and uh when i started doing late night catechism a thousand years ago she's actually the one who taught me how to do it because I was like, wait, improvise with an audience and do the script? Like, what? And I would watch Jane and I'd be like, oh, shit, I can't do this. There's no fucking way. So I probably saw you do 40 shows, maybe 50 at the Coronet, and every show was different. And I was like, what the fuck? How does she do this? And then you said to me once at the bar afterwards, just pretend like everything that you say is a little peg that you hang on a pegboard and keep going back to those pegs. And I'm like, what a great note. I never, Really? Yeah. I never thought of that. I never forgot it. It was so good. And then Jane also teaches wow. writing. She's a writing and acting coach at the Fanatic Salon in in Culver City on Sautel. Um, how do how do people get a hold of you? Uh, you can do it through the Fanatic Salon website at oh, it's, so it's fanaticsalon.com. Okay, Fanatic Salon. Fanatic, like a like a religious fanatic, but yes. it's not fanatic. Well, here's the yes. story. And of- the number that you're going to call is my actual phone. Like the, oh, which reminds me, I should turn that off. But the number to the theater is me. So if you call the theater, you're calling me. Okay, which is great because what it is is if you have something that you've always wanted to do, work on stuff. I used to do this. I used to take Jane's class. It was fantastic. I, I took it. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Fantastic. I know. We miss you. I we miss what about me? Do you miss me? No. I no. miss you both. No. Who, she who doesn't do you, who she do you doesn't miss, miss you. Who do you miss more? She doesn't <laughs> miss you. Okay. But like if you have stuff you want to work on, like if you have that one person show burning inside of you and you don't know what to do, you need to come and take Jane's class. And now I guess post pandemic it's online, but then 
not only do you get to take the class and get Jane's notes and get Jane's feedback and get other people's feedback, then you get to perform it in front of people in a fabulous, fabulous theater, the Fanatic Salon, which used to be a hair salon. Here's a really funny thing. If you look at the website or look at the pictures online on Facebook, it says Fanatic Hair Salon. And that's a hair fanatic salon. Oh, hair fanatic salon. Yeah. And what they did was <laughs> they kept the sign and just took a big black paint and just X'd out hair. <laughs> <laughs> so it just says fanatic salon. And they kept the hair on the sign because it used to be a hair salon, which is so fucking funny. That was Tommy. Tommy Mitchell owns the place. Yeah, he's and, great. Uh, he's fucking hilarious. When we first met him and we were looking at the room... I said, well, what are you going to call the place? Thinking of names, you know. Yeah. And he goes, well, I thought I'd just X out the word hair. I'm like, oh, <laughs> thank you. Perfect. Okay, done. Not only that, they have a back patio. After every show that you do, you go back and have wine and snacks and wine. <laughs> yeah. I heard you. Yeah. Okay. But we're not here to talk about theater. Uh, we're here to bitch about food. Ah. And I want to talk about a story way back in the day with you Mm-mm. where <laughs> y- uh, you weren't feeling well. We don't have to go into why. You weren't feeling all that great. And I said, what can I do? And you said, can you make me one of my favorite dishes? And I said, yeah. And you taught me how to make it. And it was so good that I damn near plots to myself. And I've never made it since because it's one of the few things that Dean absolutely hates. And what Uh, it is is... It must be a stew. No, it's chicken pot pie. Oh, I my mother would love that. Okay. Mm. But yeah. it's it's a shortcut, Jan. Mm. Here's how you do it. You, okay. you go and get, Jane told me how to do it. She goes, go and get a rotisserie chicken at Albertsons. This is back when Albertsons was open in our neighborhood. Get a, a thing of a tube of Pillsbury biscuits, a bag of frozen peas and carrots. And I don't know. I, I can't remember. Chicken. I actually don't use frozen, but okay. Okay. Well, that's what you told me to get. And you just put the chicken and the carrots and everything and maybe broth or cream, I don't remember, something something liquidy. And then you take, you pop open the tube and you put the, the dough balls on top of the thing and bake it. And it's fucking delicious. Now, there's a flaw in your description right now that would kill it. What? And I did this the first time I made it because this is my mother's recipe, right? Oh, we're going to talk about your mother. Yeah. So um, you can't put the dough balls, you know, you just take the biscuits and put them all on the top of the thing. But you can't do it when you begin. You have to wait until the thing is bubbling hot. Oh. And then you pull it out and put those on. Oh. Otherwise, the, it won't cook. It'll be a glob of uncooked oh, goo. Oh, okay. And this way, it's really hot on the bottom and cooks the bottom, and then the top, you know, browns like a biscuit. So it's like a combination biscuit dumpling. It's so It's so really the, good. The, the, the good. bottom of the biscuit is not on the bottom. No. no. It rests on the bottom. Oh, okay. It rests on the top of the chicken. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to post that recipe on our website. I have it still. I guess I'll look at our website. If that's okay. Yeah, I generally don't. I use fresh vegetables and chop them up. And because um, I, I really like to have green beans in it too. Oh. And um, oh, that I'll use can. A can, horrible canned green beans. That, <laughs> I will do that for that. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about food because I want to talk about your mom. Yeah, she's a trip. Your mom, when, right before your mom passed, you put something on Facebook like, I just love being here with my mom, jazzing around in her kitchen. I think your mom was happy in her kitchen. Oh, yeah. She she but, was a 50s mom where my dad went to work in the morning. And I remember when I was under age five, I still have this little pan that, that was my pie. And she would 
whatever we were having for dinner was like we were having people over, but it was just the four of us, right? It was a whole thing. And then a dessert. So she would make a cake. She would make a pie. She, My dad was had a sweet tooth extraordinaire. <laughs> and she made the most amazing, uh, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Custard pies, you know, um, banana cream, coconut mm, cream yum. was a specialty, lemon meringue. Oh, Lord, they were so good. And she made the – I don't like pie crust. I still don't like pie crust. But my mother's pie crust was amazing. It was kind of like it turned into a croissant down there. It was, I mean, it was so flaky. But wait a minute, because didn't your mom grow up in an orphanage? She grew up in an orphanage, yes. Okay, Dean's mom did too, actually, unbelievably. And then Where? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, somewhere, I think, in Pennsylvania. Uh, I just wonder if it was as horrific as... My mother was like, if you've ever read Jane Eyre, it was like that. Well, worse than that. What right? happened with Dean's mom, I think, is that a family member eventually came and rescued them. Mm. She wasn't there long, but she was an orphan. Both of her parents had died, and both of your mother's parents died. No. Oh. My fa- her my father abandoned her. Her mother died when she was like two or three and she had a tuberculin hip. Did you even know that was a thing? What? No, I did it was not. A thing. So her brother and sister went to the, her mother died, and the dad put them in an orphanage and disappeared. And uh, well, How I'm, old was she? She was like two or three, because she has vague memories of her mother's funeral or what she believes to have been her mother's funeral. Okay. But she never, she doesn't remember her mother at all. And her sister, who was like, doing kind of lady... <laughs> Was like seven or eight or something when their mother died. And she remembers absolutely zero nothing about their mother, which is really sad because now they have nothing or had nothing. Yeah. But yeah, they were in this orphanage. So my mom lived with an aunt uh, until she got better. And then the the mother's dying wish was that the children were not separated and, the, and that they would be raised Catholic. And that's why they end up in this orphanage, which was a torture chamber for children. Well, it tell was, the doll story. The doll story is such a great story. So my mother loved dolls, of course, and she never had anything. She had to like, they always wore hand-me-downs. She always, they all knew who the orphanage kids were because of how they were dressed, which she called Dutchy. That was her word for it. <laughs> oh, it looks Dutchy. So, um, but nuns, Trumpy, ran, nuns ran the orphanage, right? That was only nuns, yeah. and um, they were cruel. They were cruel. Not, and, a great, uh, not a great scenario here. Um, they were sadistically cruel, and uh, I could tell you other stories that would uncurl your hair. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So she never had anything, and she one time some charitable people gave you know brought things for the children at the orphanage, and she got a doll. And it was like the highlight of her life because yeah. she the idea of having a doll. And the nun said to her, shouldn't you give that to a poor child? And oh my God. what would have happened to her if she had said no would have been way worse than giving up that doll. So she never had a doll. So when I came along, oh my God. I had dolls. Boy, did I have dolls. Well, dolls. that's my question. Like your mom somehow survived the orphanage from Yeah, hell. there's a reason. Because the woman that ran it was a horrible monster. Um, the things they did were sadistic. I'll tell you another story. She was walking in the cafeteria. She was. They always had her last because she had the tuberculin hip. She could keep up with well, any. What is the yeah, tuberculin hip? Oh, the tuberculin hip caused her hip joint to rot out. So she couldn't, on her left leg, she couldn't like bring her knee up, like march. Like she could never, she couldn't drive. I remember this. She couldn't drive until they invented a a automatic transmission because she couldn't work a clutch. 
because her leg didn't bend that way. It didn't bend. So she only had tuberculosis, but in her hip? In her hip. Okay. And But she, a lot of people didn't notice. She had a, what it was is her one leg was a, a slightly shorter than the other, like if you were always walking on your toe. Okay. And then, so she just had a built up shoe and people either noticed that or they didn't. So her limp was very slight, but her brother wouldn't walk down the street with her. He walked before or after her because she was a cripple. He didn't want to be seen with a cripple. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, she's in the line. In the cafeteria. And going into the dining hall. And the big nun is there. She was huge. And um, uh, she just looked up at the nun and smiled. And the nun slapped her across the face as hard as she possibly could. Oh, nice. So she just never smiled at her again or even looked at her. That's what it was like there. You just never knew what was going to cause you to get beaten, thrown into a closet. Her best friend was thrown into a chicken coop all night when she all by herself when she was like three. Oh, God. And her she then they forgot that she was in there. Oh, God. And somebody in the middle of the night went, where's Kathleen? And they they had crawled out there to go, like they snuck out and got her. It just, it's endless stories, endless. Well, how did she survive? Okay. The reason she survived oh, yeah. is one day she went down to the laundry room and the two, there were two other nuns there and they were dancing around the drain as the water went down the drain hole of the floor. They're dancing, dancing. And she sees them and now this is like a, uh-oh, am I in trouble moment? And she's like, oh my God, I've seen the nuns dancing. Oh, they're going to kill me. And then they went, oh no, no, we're just happy because, and I can't remember her name, is getting transferred. Oh, no, 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 they were getting transferred. That was it. They were being transferred out of there. That's how bad it was. So when my mom was around 12 or 13, and this is the thing that surprises me, that it was that late in her development that this would have had the impact it did on her life. A kind woman was brought and ran the place. A woman that said, come to me if you have a problem. If you're afraid to tell me, write it down. Hug me. You know, I'll give you a hug. Hugged people. And to my mother always said, you know, you can never love a child too much. You can never hug them too often. You can never do anything over the top that way. And I always remember when she was older, I mean, old, old, she used to read to kids at like a whatever. Yeah. You know, how you go to school and read. And all the kids were coming up with a hug and, and hugging on the way out. And there was this one little boy just standing there with his shoulders up. And, his, and um, she said, would you like a hug? And he nodded. And she hugged him and she said, he just like melted. Yeah. And isn't that amazing how one person can it change? It had such a huge and she she kept it, you know, they remained friends till that lady died and the kind woman? The, yeah, the nun. Uh sister Oh, it was a nun? Who oh was yeah, the kind yeah, it was all nuns. It was it was so, a Catholic orphanage. So Saint one Aloysius. person changed the entire direction of that convent uh, that orphanage and all of those children's hopefully your mother, one of them, lives because yeah. your mother saw what kindness was, and somehow accepted that. Like when she met your dad, for example, she wasn't going to accept somebody who was cruel to her. No. So your dad was obviously a great guy. He was really a nice man. Yeah, very and, quiet. And so <laughs> very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> My mother was not quiet, and she'd always go, "Don't make waves. Don't rock the boat. Don't don't speak up. Don't." Yeah. She was out there, blah blah. You know, <laughs> she was a, a, the opposite example of her words. So if you're raised in an orphanage, okay. You are obviously not welcome into the kitchen to see how you're slow. Oh, no, you're in the kitchen. 
One of her all-time favorite or famous orphanage stories is why she will not eat cream of wheat. I talked to her like I talk about it like she's still alive. Um, she died four years ago. She's she 90, feels alive. Ninety-eight. Oh. And uh, no, no, she will not. She would not eat cream of wheat because she was make. They had to work in the kitchen. They were in the kitchen. Really? So, How old was she? Well, from you go to work for the minute you get there. Yeah, so. basically. So, so whatever they're doing with you, she got beaten once because she they were she was cleaning the bathroom and she had this comet all over. And then they called them to whatever mass they went to mass like three times a day. And uh, anyway, and so she dutifully stopped and went. And then the nun said, "You left this mess," and beat her senseless. Oh, God. Okay, but wait a minute. So the kitchen. So oh, yeah, the kitchen. Did she so, learn how to cook? See, I'm keeping all the pegs on the pegboard. There you this go. This is like doing a show Yeah, where I have so, to keep track. So, well, there's so many stories with her in the orphanage. It's I know. like every one triggers another one. So she's in the kitchen, and she's making the cream of wheat. And she looks at it, and it's got worms in it. Worms? Oh, God. Yeah, you know, those little mealy worms. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. full of mealy worms. Ugh. And she was like, oh, it's got worms. And then I went, hey, you don't like that? And she took both my mother's arms, plunged them into the cream of wheat, and then rubbed it up and down <gasps> her arms. Oh, God. That was what it was like there every day. So, um, Oh, my God. What the fuck? I know. What's going on there? And uh, so the other thing that was really cool about all that was that she, she never, like nuns and priests, she knew the other side of that face. That one-eyed mm-hmm. Jack, she knew the other side of that of face, she and did. she didn't just take them. She was very, she was very Catholic till the day she died, but she was like, oh, "I'm listening to what you say. I'm seeing what you do, mm-hmm. and not you don't wear that robe and get a pass." It's but, interesting that she stayed Catholic. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's the interesting part. Yeah, that blows my mind. But like, her family did, like her sister, like you know. Well, she still had her sister and brother near her in the orphanage, right? Yeah, but her brother was a horrible person, and her sister was a goofball. So okay, and then once they all became of age, did they stay in touch? Uh, her, yeah, but her brother was. She tried to stay away from her brother because her brother was really horrible to her. Okay, and um, and but her sister was so goofy. <laughs> okay, she was like, she's like, and she somehow developed a weird accent. Like she, my mother grew, we sound alike, right? Yeah. <laughs> Her sister talked like, ain't that purdy? I'm not kidding. <laughs> One time she said that about my mother's house. Ain't that purdy? And my mom's like, purdy? What the fuck? <laughs> so, okay, but did she learn how to cook at the orphanage? Yeah, a lot of the recipes she had were from back then. And uh, I think like biscuits and gravy is a thing maybe she yeah. knew from then. And But then her first job was to be like the housekeeper of a rich family in Quincy, okay. Quincy Illinois, where she grew up. It's downstate Illinois day, Jen. Christine and Chris, Christine's from Peoria. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So uh, that's upstate from Quincy. So anyway, it is? Uh, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I forget how long Quincy's Illinois is. straight across from Springfield. Okay. So uh, anyway, what was I saying? I forgot. So now. she learned how. So oh, so she was her... housekeeping for these people, and they she, they would say she made the guy a drink every day, and you know oh. served their dinner and all the stuff, and they had stuff they liked a certain way and did a certain way. And she didn't know how to do a lot of it, and she made it up. What? She figured it out and made it up. There's no internet, you know. She might have had the Betty Crocker cookbook or something, but she just figured things out. Now, how she became such an amazing pie maker, I'm not really sure. Well, not only that, but then she met your dad and had you guys, and you're... How many... I forget how many siblings you have. Just my brother. Yeah. So she has you guys, and she was cooking every day. Yeah, every day. And did she enjoy it? 
Oh my, she was like, you know what? It was like she was a. I mean, anything's got to be better than the orphanage. She wanted to be like. She wanted to be like. I think about this all the time now because she did stuff that was like, okay, like she was one of the first <laughs> people to like make homemade noodles. Yum. But. I mean, then any because it became a mini craze, but they didn't have the noodle makers. You actually had to cut all the noodles and like hang on them. And yeah. they, remember the kitchen just being noodles everywhere, and the noodles were to die for. Yeah, of course. She knew about dough. <laughs> yeah. So hence the pie. Yeah, yeah. but she would like. Dough. Yeah. She would read women's magazines and do what it said in the magazine. I mean, every day for what your mom. she was wearing. Yeah. What she did with the house. What she, you know, all of it. She and my dad was a master carpenter. She, she was like, "We're gonna take this wall out. We're gonna make this one big room like that." Oh wow, okay. Yeah. And he would say, "Okay, dear." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, "Oh no, we're gonna stop here." And then there's a new kitchen. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, every day for her must have been a gift. After the yes. orphanage, getting the worms on her arms, she must have been like, "Oh shit!" Now I have my own kids. She would my never hit house. us. She would never hit a kid. Never strike a child. She understood the humiliation of what you can do to a child. Um, she, uh, yeah, I grew up in a Norman Rockwell painting. Okay, so let's talk about Baby Jane. So when you were young, did she welcome you into the kitchen to help? Oh, I was never, I was at her side. <laughs> she would make the pie. This is the little tin I talked about, yeah. a little pie. She, I don't like pie crust, mind you. And so she would make the pie, and then when you cut the edges, you know, there's that dough. She'd take that little dough ball and roll it out. And I had this tiny little pie pan, little pie pan, like three. Two, three inches. <laughs> Your own little pie pan? My own pie pan. I still have it. And, oh, uh, I love that. It's probably aluminum. I'll probably die because I ate out of that pie pan. <laughs> Whatever. And, uh, uh, but she would make a crust and then put like cinnamon sugar on it mm. and bake it. And I would eat that. But I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Yeah. But she made it. And I was so excited to have my own little pie that I always ate it yeah. for some of it. You sucked it up for showtime. Yeah. yeah. I loved the idea of it. So I didn't want her to stop doing it. But did you help her with like regular meals? Did you grocery well, here's shop the with thing. her? Here's the, no, here's the funny thing. She really, she always wanted, I was always in the kitchen, always like, I was her sous chef, kind of, but not even that because she wanted it done a certain way. And I didn't ever learn to cook when I was with her, except from observation, right? Osmosis. Right. Because anything I did, she would go, I'm doing it wrong. And she would snatch it out of your hand and do it like she'd go, that's not how you cut a tomato. And she'd grab <laughs> it away and cut the tomato. And you're like, well. Okay, now you just cut the tomato. You just cut the tomato. Yeah. So what am I here for? Well, that's the, the, I mean, whenever I would slice anything to help my mother, she'd go, thin. You mean, you can't, too thick. My mother thin. was like that too. Thin. She was thinner. Obsessed. Yeah, my thinner. mother had that too. The thin, yeah. the thin slice thin. was like a thin. very, very. Yeah. Yeah, I think my mom had a thin thing as well. They Might have been because it was they were depression people, maybe. Uh, yes, not my Man, mom. That depression yeah. was a very. She wasn't in a depression. She yeah. grew up not in a depression. No, uh, not we're not talking about depression. We're talking about the depression. I understand. Oh, Why okay. do you think you think I'm just so stupid? No, I don't. I'm just clarifying <sighs> something. It's if fine. you start saying ain't that pretty, we're gonna. <laughs> Well, well, I am from Kentucky. She is from Kentucky, so, <laughs> so that is sort of a... That could happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but then... Okay, so now we're moving forward in time. Then you marry Jeff. Yes. To whom you're still married. Yes. 40 years now. We had a 40 years. Oh, Aww. mazel tov. We still haven't celebrated the, that particular thing because he was in Europe all summer. He's so. been in Europe for quite a while. Three yeah. months. He just got back. He's Living back. his best life. Okay, well, I want to talk about that too because... Um, okay, so you get married to Jeff and... Was he was he a cook? Oh God, no. Okay, he made me things <laughs> when we were going together. 
And he makes his own eggs every morning now. He didn't used to, but he does now. But no, he, no. Okay. So you kind of figured out right away. You have two beautiful boys. Mm -hmm. I had to figure out cooking actually after I moved out because I I didn't marry Jeff till I was uh, around 30. I thought you were younger than that. Oh, no, no. Okay. I didn't even, I met him when I was like 27, going on 28, I think. Now, at the same time that you meet your husband, you're both starting just for our audience's historical reference, you guys were the founding members of Second City ETC. Yes. The second company of Second City. A second stage of Second City. Jane is the improvisation queen and her husband teaches improvisation also at the Fanatic Salon. That's right. Saturdays, 11 to 2, drop in $30. Yeah. Fanaticsalon.com. It is not your grandma's improv. If you've always wanted to take improv and wanted to be an actor and thought, oh, I'd love to do improv, Jeff Michelski is your man. And we do not believe in levels. Yeah. Um, That's good. Because we can get you on stage and and you'll be better. If you're already improvising, you'll be way better. And if you're yeah. not, you'll learn a really good way that you can always play with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Geniuses, both That's of them. That's on Saturday? Yeah, 11 to 2. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so, all right, before marriage then. I thought it was earlier. So you move out of your mom's... College. College. I moved out when I was 19. Went to college. Went to college, moved into an apartment halfway through college, and would call her all the time going... When you make that thing, what cut of meat do you get? My dad was a butcher. Well, we, this, my, the family my mother married into, which I wrote about on Facebook recently, uh, had a grocery store that was it lasted seventy five years. In and, Quincy, yeah, it was like I have a a gift they gave all their employees, which is a beautiful bowl, uh, like china bowl with a calendar on it from nineteen twenty one. Oh, I love that. Or maybe it's earlier. 1920 maybe but anyway my, my parents were both born in 1921 so anyway they they had this grocery store my dad went to butcher school and my, him and his mother ran the store him and his mother and her brother okay the Schulians. it's a german town and um so yeah so she, he also was a, carp, a master carpenter as well as being he was a, just a sideline he was so good at it. he would do stuff for other members of the family and remodel our whole house and i could tell you stories about that so too, he's working maybe. working working yeah he's a workaholic workaholic and your mom's cooking and and then you move out and you're like oh shit i, I don't know how to make the simplest things <laughs> that you know but she would talk me through it i think she was always thrilled when i called and made it and it worked out i upped the ante on some of them um you know, and really stupid things like that. What do you that. mean? Well, you know, like this, like a uh, uh, tuna casserole, right? Or uh, what she called goulash, which has nothing to do with actual goulash, which is ground beef, noodles, peas, maybe some onion. And, I love that shit. And, uh, God, you know, tomato sauce. I have a tuna casserole story. I want to interrupt you for one second. Tuna casserole. My mother didn't believe in casseroles growing up. Ah. She didn't believe in them. She also believed only in broiling food, never fried. The first time I had a tuna casserole was at Stevens College where Jan and I went and it was so fucking good. And I came home from my first break and I said, Mom, how come you never made tuna casserole for us? They're so good. We have it at Stevens. She goes, that's what you're, that's what they're serving you down at Stevens? She was shocked. Anyway. Yeah. Then usually college uh, tuna casseroles, God awful. Oh, this was so good. It okay. was God awful. It was good. <laughs> I was there. It we was went to the good. same school. Did it have green pepper in it? I've had it with green pepper. That is... That's wrong. Nasty. No, it was, I, I doubt I ate it. it but anyway, good. okay. Anyway, so you're te- you're calling your mom like, hey, how do you make tuna casserole? How do you make goulash? How yeah. Do you make how do you make bread? a roast? How do you make a turkey? I remember my first Thanksgiving dinner that I made, and this was way later. This was act. I never made a Thanksgiving dinner until I had both kids actually, oh. and we were in the house. 
Um, what did you do for Thanksgiving? Did you just? Uh, we went. I went home. I okay. went to Quincy. I think most. Yeah, I I went home. And your mom was doing it up. Yeah, we were doing the thing. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> and um, okay, and really both. I, we we still did that even after I had Nate, and then we moved into the house when Gabe was born, and that October I think is when I made my first. Thanksgiving dinner. And I was kind of really amazed, you know, how people make such a fuss about the turkey and the dry and blah, blah. It was the easiest damn thing ever in the fucking world. <sighs> the only hard part is getting it all on the table hot. Yeah, that's the that's hard part. It. The timing is the bitch. It's not the individual yeah. pieces. It's the timing. So the thing about being a mom, and my, I don't know how my mother did this, frankly. Um, although now looking back, I can, I can see the nights where she just fucked off. <laughs> you know, I went, here, you're having a can of soup. Um, did that sandwich. happen? Oh yeah, of course it did. Come on, every day. Yeah, some. Well, but she asking. would always. It never wasn't. It never was like he, here's. She always made it like a dinner. You know what I mean? It always still looked like dinner. Like you. Know, <laughs> yeah, but you it know, was you, something that was super easy. So when you had kids, did I mean? Because you had you you cooked for Jeff the whole time you were married before you had kids. Yeah. So that like you know once you're an adult every day is what are we having for dinner that is horrifying and true and yeah it yeah really so is. i was cooking every day for <laughs> you know the kids and jeff and me and and what were the typical meals oh stuff kids like like what i've never learned to make a good ca uh macaroni and cheese really i've made it but not it's really i don't know why my problem with it but like goulash and tuna casserole and what did they like when they were little uh, I never made a good grilled cheese sandwich until now i can do it yeah <laughs> uh and I, i'm talking now like a month ago <laughs> Serious? Yeah, yeah. I always made them wrong. And um, how do you I, how do you make one right? I'm just put, made I it, put, put butter on the outside of the bread and cheese in the middle and put it in the pan. It was oh yeah, great. It's so good. It's oh. so good. I did it. I don't know what the hell I did wrong, but I it was wrong. But wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Did the I mean were the boys easy to eating wise? Yeah, yeah. Because Nate, even as a baby, was kind of a gourmet eater. And then when Gabe came along, I, I seriously remember him standing there. They were three years apart. And so when Gabe was still like eating baby food kind of food, I remember him soberly telling my mother, he only eats meat. And that was true. <laughs> what do you mean? He only ate meat. He didn't eat any vegetables. He didn't eat fruit. He ate nothing. He ate meat and potatoes. Oh, my and God. Meat. I'm trying to think if there was any vegetable I could make him eat anything i can't remember and it really was like that he only eats meat but now he's he's a great gourmet eater gabe are both the boys cooks do they cook in the marriage are they both married gabe was married they divorced um okay. yeah gabe's a really good cook and i think nate does cook uh probably not as much as gabe does and actually you know now gabe is living alone and he's working remotely oh. you know what i mean he's doing all that so i don't know that he doesn't order out a lot but they're both you know they eat all manner of things, and they uh, they both can cook. Actually, it was Nate that told me how to make beets. I never had bothered to make beets, so I didn't know from beets. And he's like, "Oh, you just do this." Like, oh, what about it. what about Jeff? What about him? Is he? <laughs> <laughs> That's forty years right there, Jay. Yeah. What about him? <laughs> Got that. Um, well, there's he, a lot about Jeff. Is so. he fussy? Well, no, he's not, but he is he has diabetes now. So oh, no. so he has to be uh more careful and I have to be more careful about what I cook. Actually, when he was 
Wait, when did you'll that appreciate this? Oh, years ago. But the you'll appreciate this. He was in Europe for three months this summer. Yeah, and he's been going to Europe a lot lately. A month here and six weeks there. Teaching, and doing teaching, stuff. and doing shows. And he so three months. And the minute he leaves, I make tuna casserole. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I make like goulash. Yeah, I make this thing called enchilada bake, which is one of my favorite recipes ever. From uh, cough it up. Let's hear it. It's from uh, Diet for a Small Planet. And I have combed that book for another good recipe, and I haven't found one. But that is what I used to take if I had to go to a potluck, and everybody would be like, oh, my God, what is this? And it's basically like a Mexican lasagna. Yum. So you make uh, you, you take green peppers, mushrooms, onions, and you saute that equal amounts. And then you saute that, and then you add stewed tomatoes. Yum. So that's an equal amount. Love it. And then you pour in like a half a cup of red wine and simmer that Ugh. and you season that with chili powder and cumin yeah the mexican and, spices yeah oregano and, and oh and garlic actually garlic okay. but you chopped or however you use garlic so you make that and that's like your lasagna goo part yeah and then so i started making this when i was in college and i didn't know what ricotta cheese was and here's my thing about recipes if it has something i don't know what it is I'm not going to f- be able to find it, or there's a pressure cooker. I just put that aside. Or if it has way too many ingredients, I just go nope, and I don't make that. <laughs> so I, so it said ricotta cheese or a mixture, a, a combination of plain yogurt and cottage cheese. Right. That's what I do. Yeah. Even now. Okay. And so now that I know what ricotta cheese is, <laughs> extra protein, and then. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, jack cheese grated. Yeah. A lot of it. So then you take the the sauce part. What do you call that part in lasagna? The sauce part? Yeah. And you put a little bit of that on the bottom of a pan. And then you layer. Uh, then you put. Now, the recipe calls for corn tortillas. And they're, that's good. But I prefer flour. Yeah. It's this wild. Oh, and beans. Sorry. You can't leave out the beans. <laughs> now, the recipe calls for um, kidney beans. And that's delicious. And sometimes I crave it that way. But lately I've been making it with canned chili beans and because of the sauce that's already on there. Okay. And that's really good. Oh my or God. a combination of that and black beans. Like whatever you want to do with your beans is basically what I'm saying. Not baked beans, obviously. But you know what I mean? And then you just keep layering tortillas as though they were lasagna noodles? Yeah. Oh. So you do the, the sauce, which has beans in it. I okay. forgot to say beans. <laughs> beans in it. So beans... The and you blop the cheese, the cottage cheese thing. Yeah, blop that all around there, and then a layer of jack cheese. Yeah, and then tortilla, and then you keep going with Yum. a little layer of sauce on the end and cover it. So and how many it. tortillas for each layer? It depends on the pan, because if you use a little round, I used to always make it in a little round thing that the tortilla just fit in. Oh, right? I see. Which oh, is what I do like when Jeff's gone. Pan. Oh. But when I'm making it for a crowd, yeah, then you just have to like cut the tortillas depending on how what the size they are or whatever. So this is interesting because I have a girlfriend in Wisconsin who her husband leaves for periods of time too because he works in construction and he has jobs that are in other states. And when he hits the road, uh, you know, she breaks out the cereal and that's about oh, it. Oh, that's enough. Yeah. That's it. it. And then- Bologna I, sandwiches. That's another one on me. And then I said, oh, he's coming back home. She goes, yeah, I got to start hauling ass in the kitchen again. Like, but for you, like you have to, you, you actually have- you cook for yourself, but just different food that Jeff can't eat much of anymore. Yeah. Because you can't make that for Jeff? 
No, it's not diabetes. The tortilla, I'm, you know, the tortilla. Like you could maybe conceivably make a big pile of goo without the tortilla, but I mean, in a way, it turns into a big pile of goo. Yeah. (laughs) Whose phone is that? I don't think it was mine. Shut your phone off, Mama. I did. Oh, somehow I did. It made a thing. Somehow it broke through. That's okay. I'm sorry. Um, Um. yeah, so so when he leaves, okay, but what about when he comes back? Then you have to do like careful cooking because yeah, like last night I made a version of I don't even know what it's called where you, you it's like lemon and chicken and capers. What's that called? Oh, you bread the chicken yeah. and then you oh um um not it's chicken not, marsala yeah, or something like marsala that. or or no chicken limon maybe no I think it's not a, marsala is it Vesuvio. Mm-mm. Oh, okay, whatever, whatever. Anyway, it's that, and when I make it. Normal, normally it's breaded, and uh, so he can't really have carbs per se, right? You don't want to. You want to try to as much as possible. We try to get rid of the carbs, no and the sugar, thing. obviously. But we're bad at it. We we we're failing. But we. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean we're failing? Is he shooting himself with insulin after dinner? He does like dessert. So um, yeah, well that's a problem. It's a problem. But I try, and so last night I just made the chicken. And I didn't bread it, and then uh, and a bunch of uh, baby broccoli, and that's what we had. And, and that was okay. really good. He's okay with vegetables and stuff. Oh yeah, he's yeah. a big. He's you know got it. He's an eater. He, yeah, he's not a picky eater. No. Okay, so that's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, we try, but I fail. We fail. What do you mean you fail? <laughs> you don't fail. Oh, like, there's you... just a point where you go. Oh, this is going to taste terrible if it doesn't have X, and you just throw it in there, and you're like, oh, why did I do that? Or we just can't. We just want mashed potatoes today. Please, can we just eat a potato? Do you ever cook together? Does he ever? Help no, you? no, no, no. He no. No. And, well, our kitchen is little anyway, so yeah, I know it's tiny. Yeah, so I, I don't. Um, it doesn't really help to have somebody in the kitchen, mostly. Although when my sister-in-law comes over for like Thanksgiving and stuff, she's, Kate, Kate, she's yeah. invaluable. Yeah, yeah, Kate, I know. Kate. I'll let her in the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> and Ruthie actually is helpful in the kitchen. Oh, Ruthie, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Well, wait a minute. So, okay, so my my brain is spinning with all these questions, like. <laughs> Like when, Well, when, here's one. When you put the tortilla in the oven, is it 350 for yes. 20 minutes? <laughs> Jan, no, no. Jan's already like, planning to make more that More like casserole. a half an hour. Half hour. Okay. Yeah. Wait, I mean, I just, just till it's bubbling, somehow. but yeah. I cover it, yeah. right? You do. Oh, it's covered. Yeah. Okay, good I mean, know. I put aluminum foil on top. So. Okay. And do you grease the casserole dish at no. all? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's already planning this meal. I am. It's like, so good. She's like oh. into the- I'm yeah. on it. I'm on it. It's so good. And it's an amazing breakfast the next day. And what do you? What else do you make when Jeff is gone? Because it sounds like a party. Like Jeff's gone, I'm making that. And what else? Oh, I eat mashed potatoes a lot, or baked potato. That's my dinner. Or um, I'm trying to think what I. Yeah, I. There's really only a couple things that I really rush right out and make, which is the stupid tuna casserole, <laughs> and probably goulash. Oh, and pot just pasta. Just like yeah, I'll make like uh, angel hair pasta with a. Uh, uh, Mm. Garlic and olive oil and cheese. Uh, asparagus tips. Yum. Mm. Stuff like that. Or just, a, I, sometimes I just crave a, just a, I, I never use ground beef. I use ground turkey. And so I'll make like a, 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 you know, a meat sauce with ground turkey with red peppers and stuff like that in it. Did you guys ever consider, like we, the two people that just left, my two of my oldest friends, you know, they're like vegans now, like hardcore vegans. And like if you ever said, like, would you ever consider a plant-based lifestyle? With, like- no, and only because I mean, I would if if uh, tomorrow they said you can never have meat again, I'd just go with it. You know what I mean for whatever reason. But look, uh, my when my older son at one point was living in Chicago and came back home for like four years. Now he's in Vermont, and while he was home, he's lactose intolerant. 
Oh. So was that always the case? Mm, mm, yeah, really. Um, but yeah, he really can't do cheese at all or any dairy. Any dairy, and he's really has to sit on it. Like I couldn't even use butter, or we tried not to even use butter, like just anything. So it was actually easier to buy vegan products. Yeah. Than to try to navigate the dairy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we found a lot of really great stuff um, that we used. Let's talk about when you don't want to cook. Oh, every day I don't want to cook. Really? Oh, yeah. I'd rather just order out. Well, let's talk about that. Where do you go near you? Uh, you live. You kind of live near us. We live in Marina Del Rey. Jan and I live in a triplex in, in, in near the airport, and you live kind of in Marina Del Rey. Where? What's your favorite, like, the neighborhood? You and I used to live very close to each other. I used to live in Mar Vista, which was just yeah. down the road from you, and, and the restaurant scene over there was not great, but what's going on now? Oh, you know, the thing I do in Chef's Out of Town is go to this Mexican uh, restaurant, a Oaxacan place that has, I love cheese enchiladas with mole, <sighs> oh, and I it's really good, too. and it's right on my way to work, back and forth. So I would do that every Where Sunday. Where is it, on Washington? It's on Grandview, on the corner of Grandview in Washington. That place is good, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if you like mole, I've never had anything else there. I can't really speak for it. But yeah, I when it. I walk in, the lady goes, cheese enchiladas with mole, and starts my order. Isn't that funny? Yeah, because I've gone, Jeff was gone for three months, and I kind of went there every Sunday. Remember Tamara's tamales? That- yes, and boy, I miss them. God, that was such a good place. My go-to used to be Thai, because East Wind was straight across the street off of Thatcher in Washington. Boom. Yeah. And I love that place. And they closed, bang, during the pandemic. Like, boom, they were gone. Yeah. And what did you guys do during the pandemic? Did uh, you did you hunker down? Did you? We cooked like crazy, actually. Yeah. yeah. We did. And I got into the very bad habit of having my groceries delivered, which I still do a <laughs> lot. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Expensive. It just feels lazy and stupid. I, well, it is expensive, but it's not that much more expensive than going to the damn store. Do you get what you order? Yeah. Mm. Well, it's a learning curve. What do you use? Like I, I ordered bananas. Yeah. Figuring a bunch of bananas. I got One, a banana. A banana. Yeah. yeah. So now that you, you know, once you figure that out, and then like some people don't want to communicate with the shopper. And they all say, they don't have this. What about this? And they'll show you like the whole shelf of whatever, which you can't see on your phone. And I'm like, I really, so you can replace or say, no, forget it. Forget it. What you know? is it? Instacart? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like grocery shopping? I don't like leaving my house. <laughs> Come on. You're not 90. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm lazy and I like Korean dramas. You get. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, you know, you would, you'll never run out of watching them. Because there's 17 episodes to each one, and some have two two seasons. Korean dramas. Korean dramas. I'm Where Netflix? addicted? Netflix. I'm addicted. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay, but all right. Back to food. Yeah, the, sorry. The first. Step oh, but to getting... if you watch Korean dramas, all you'll want to do is eat noodles and drink soju. I'm saying the first step to getting better, Jane, is to admit you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you could so. Oh, but you never learned your mom's pie crust. No. No, I, I do know what it is. I can't, I just can't ever. I don't have the. It's whatever. all about the folds. I did it with her actually before she died. I said, "You've got to show me, you know, again because I haven't done it since I was, you know, six or whatever." Um, you got to show me what she did, and then I went home and tried to do it, and I just totally fucked it up, and I went forget it. It I, is disheartening, pie crust. Well, she had a jar of fishing weights, 
And of fishing what? Weights. Oh, weights. The little round, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of nickel-sized, but they're all the way around round. Yeah. They're, they're not marble. They're like somebody stepped on a marble, right? Yeah. And, uh, but that's then squash it. But didn't squash it. Yeah. And that's what she used when you have to pre-bake the pie crust. Yeah, pie break, yeah. Because if you don't, then it, the middle of it goes completely. Yeah, and it also up. shrinks on the side. It's a mess. So she uh, put fishing weights and she kept that jar just for that reason only. Wait, the fishing weights go where? On the bottom of crust. Yeah, you put the crust in the pan, and then you lay down parchment paper, and then you weigh it down with pie weights. Ah. And then that keeps the dough from puffing up in the middle and shrinking down the sides. Got it. Okay. But a lot of times it doesn't work anyway. <laughs> it's, it totally worked. Fishing and, weights is a great idea because pie weights aren't really heavy enough in a way. Yeah, these were just heavy enough, you know? And she had like a... Like it was like that. Well, I'm on the radio. Like yeah. a three inch high, four inch high. Yeah. Pile of fishing weights, hmm. three probably inch, in a jar, like a pickle jar. But was she also a baker? Like, could she do cakes? She said to me, "There's no reason ever to bake a cake from scratch. That store bought cake in a box was as good as a cake you're gonna get anyway." Okay, this is really interesting to me because I'm a I'm not a good baker. Jan is an ace baker. And I think it's because she grew up in Kentucky. I think there's something about growing up in the South that just inherently gets into your genes and makes, she can make any cake from scratch and it's delicious. And my cakes turn out like crap all Yeah, I, I make a horrible, the first cake I ever made was in 4-H. And I, <laughs> to say that it tasted like ass would be an upgrade <laughs> from what it, it tasted like I was trying to poison you. Like it had a, <laughs> like... I, I, it's a taste People's I People's like, eyes were watering. Liquid metal or something. And the whole, in, it was, it never cooked right. And the whole middle of it was like, a, you know, a big dip in the, oh, yeah. it was so gross. Yeah. And I never tried again, except once. Julie Larson has a recipe for cake from scratch and she calls it mayonnaise cake, which sounds disgusting, but. Basically, you use mayonnaise instead of eggs and oil because that's all mayonnaise is anyhow. Yeah. Right? So you substitute mayonnaise for that. And that makes a nice moist cake, actually. Yeah. But yeah, I'd still like, rather just use a box and throw it in It's like there. sour cream. That makes for a nice moist cake, too. Yeah. But yeah. my problem with mixes a lot of times is it has a weird aftertaste or it has different... It's just different. And you, ha I think you were on to something with the South because... It's southern southern women generally are just really because the best cakes I I ace ever bakers. I ever had was by this woman who cooked cakes out. She sold them, but her her house was her office. Yeah, and I mean these cakes. If you tasted these cakes, you would be like you'd never eat another kind of. It was just there's something about a good, good. cake, and it, why is it so elusive? It's the the ingredients are so fucking basic, but it's so easy old to fucking blow. Old settlement cookbook. I have a cookbook called The Old Settlement Cookbook, and those Ain't recipes- that pretty? And <laughs> they sure are pretty I'm get in there. Your, uh, button but, that says, ain't that pretty. But I got to tell you, those recipes, they're, they're basic, but they're, that's where I make the banana cake. Yeah, she Dean brought likes. over a banana cake for Dean the other night, because yesterday, because Dean loves banana cake, oh. and she makes it delicious, like the Sara Lee, only homemade, with homemade, oh. with homemade chocolate frosting. Mm. It was so fucking. I mean, it is good. It's really. good. I love that. I said I especially love a. Is it called a ganache? That kind of chocolate. No, this is not ganache. I'm just no, saying. No. I love that. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> this is not. It's that. just chocolate and cream ganache. It's easy. That, I've never tried it. That I can do ganache. Yeah, I don't like. I kind of almost don't do fancy. 
Although I did make for Christmas one year a, what's it called? It's a bunt cake. Oh, it's a sour, it's a toffee cake. Oh, sticky toffee? Uh, sticky toffee oh, cake. Yeah, yeah, I made that. Oh, I like those. That's I delicious. made that from scratch That's for Christmas That's and fun. it was killer. Yeah. <laughs> or it oh will kill you. And I never, way. I never, and the other thing I don't do is like try it out to make sure it's not going to be a disaster first. I just do it. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't, thank God. Well, okay. So, I mean, sugar. God, sugar is the bane of our existence right now. I mean, my it's... whole family had the most amazing sweet tooth, and me too. I do. Jeff, poor thing, uh, probably my kids, but my dad was the king. He ate breakfast. At, I mean, dessert after every meal and a snack in the afternoon. And it was sugar. Oh yeah. And one time he got hives from eating strawberry shortcakes on all those times. Oh, you mean he had strawberry shortcakes for his... After, after breakfast, every, after lunch, in the middle of the afternoon, and, and after, after dinner. dinner. He had hives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Because <laughs> it went on for, like, days. It was strawberry season in the Midwest. Yeah, but, okay, so how... how When you say you have a sweet tooth, what does that mean? You require sugar every day? I do, and, it, and, I, ha and I can't stop eating until I have something sweet. It could just be a little cookie, like a... Like a oh, in other words, that's the end of the meal. Yeah, I can't. I will. I will want more food until I eat. Something I'll be sweet. poking around, going wah, until okay. I have something sweet, I, and then I can stop. It's like the cigarette at the end of a meal. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I get it. <laughs> and I'm, growing up, we always had dessert. Yeah, yeah me always too. every meal. Every, we did too. Meat we, and some meat, some starch, some vegetable, and yeah. dessert. That was meat just, and potatoes and a and a dessert. Yeah, that yeah. was and people don't eat like that anymore. I mean. They don't really. They're not. I mean, we do, but yeah, I guess I do. I kind of think of dinner that way still. Yeah, I'm it, actually the diabetes thing has helped me with that. Like, kind of, you could just have a whole lot of vegetables, and I love vegetables, and I love them kind of plain. Yeah, steamed, and you know, I don't like the. I don't like it when they're. This is why I can't find a Thai restaurant I like anymore. Oh yeah, what happened to East Wind? It went well, under. it just went under, and then they had these amazing egg rolls that were crispy through and through. Like the whole crust all the way was oh, crispy. Whereas usually when you bite into an egg roll, then there's gooey, and right. then there's the filling. East Wind, and the only place I found that has those egg rolls is in San Pedro, or not even in San Pedro, like but down too I far. go with Helen Kaz down there too far but they have those egg rolls okay and um that's it so i don't i my go-to carry out is kind of blown and there's not a lot i mean jeff is kind of we can get him a piece of salmon or something you know yeah so it's that's not the ideal food for him either given what i mean there's stuff he can eat but yeah yeah, Jan's trying to go off sugar because it's, it's helping her to be off sugar. And it's, she said, I mean, it's hard. Sugar's it is in, hard. Sugar's in fucking everything. But, but it, it, to say that I'm off sugar would be a lie because it's in everything. No, I but said I'm you're not, trying to go yeah, off sugar. But I'm not eating like, you know, cook cookies. Cake. I didn't eat any of the cake I baked. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not eating that stuff. Her mom likes sugar and her mom weighs, you know, her mom is very slim. She's 94. She weighs mm -hmm. three pounds. She's 94 and she's very slim and she likes a little something sweet. I mean, when I push her, she literally just falls right to the ground. Jan, you do not push your mother, you <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> I'm going to get a t-shirt saying stop elder abuse and you're going to wear it. I carry her in a little bag on my shoulder. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But right. the problem is, is that her mom likes to have something sweet and 
and when Jan is on sugar, Jan's also there. So, you know, they live together. So she'll, she'll take a little tiny bite of whatever it is and be satisfied. I will just eat. I can't stop eating it. It's just like, oh, I'm, I, I'm in the middle of that. That's good. I, I That's can, where you need I don't to be. need to have a big giant thing. That's great. <gasps> oh, you know what I bought that I love? This reminds <laughs> me an individual ice cream maker. Now, I don't make ice cream in it because that when you read what's in, I mean, if you make homemade ice cream, you you know how bad it is for you. It's yeah. like really. Not, when I was pregnant with Gabe, they said I wasn't gaining enough weight and they told me to eat ice cream and you just get fat instantly, right? Just yeah. instantly. So, yeah. So, but this thing, I make frozen yogurt and uh, sorbet, Yum. mango sorbet to die for. I've never heard of an individual ice cream mm. maker. Mm. God. It's just a little thing. You keep it in the freezer so it's cold. Nice. And then you put your ingredients in a blender and pour it in there and it, plug it in and it has a little paddle. Like, doo, 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 doo. 20 <laughs> minutes later, doo, 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 doo. you have amazing, delicious wow. frozen yogurt nice. or sorbet. I have, I have a big ice cream maker, but I don't... One have... of these times I'm going to make actual ice cream in it, but yeah, it's mm. not, you know... How does Jeff navigate sugar? The sugar's extra hard because... It, with it's diabetes. not just it's not just candy and cookies. It's Spiking it's apples your, and yeah, yeah. watermelon and mango and you and know pasta. banana and yeah, yeah. So he has to navigate beer. Yeah, oh, alcohol in general turns yeah. to sugar in your body. So so does how does he monitor his sugar levels? Like what is he? He tries to stay in the straight and narrow and give himself a treat and stay away from. He actually does really well in Europe, and I don't know what happens when he gets back home. He just, maybe it's like me when he's gone. Like he comes home and he's like, I just have to have Saints and Sinners, which is right in our neighborhood. Saints oh, and yeah. Sinners what, what Bakery. Kind of, oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's um, regular desserts and then uh, and then Saints, this vegan Yeah. One. I've seen that place. It's, it's like good it. though. It's All like the it. vegan ones are good. They're It's great stuff. Yeah. They make these tiny little, uh, what do you call them? Cream puffs, individual cream puffs. To die for. God, and know. the vegan ones are just as good. Really? Yes. Well, we have to keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> Jan came over with this banana cake. It's fuck. It's huge. I mean, there's so much banana cake. And Dean put it in his treat bin, because he has a treat bin, and it takes up the whole bin. So, you know, when I make treats for Dean, I try and bake for him because he likes something sweet, and I mm -hmm. and I parcel it out. Like I freeze everything and hide it, and then I give him a little something. But this whole entire cake is in the bin, so I'm hoping he he parcels it out. But yeah, he, Jeff, whatever I have, he'll eat all of it. If I, it, it's bad. So it's yeah, like that's how Dean is. Like when I first started dating him, I made him a batch of cookies, an entire batch of cookies, and he ate the whole batch. Like, oh, that I'd barf if I did that. Like a cat. I'm like, oh my god. So I have to give him like two cookies a day or something. What do you mean, like a cat? Cat doesn't eat like that. They don't. No, no. I thought a cats... dog does, but oh, a, a cat dog. doesn't. Yeah, really? cats like now. I'm done with this shit. Now really? give me something I like. Jane's got cats. I have a cat. Oh yeah, oh, but yeah. he has a friend, and the friend moved to Texas, but they come and visit. So, oh yeah, yeah, Merle's coming back in October. It's, it's Jeep. so funny. It's Jeep, Jeep right? The Jeep. cat, yeah, yeah Jeep's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> cats are hilarious. You know, they're so. Bizarre. She's got two. Yeah, well, then you know how hilarious I, they're, they're really not do. hilarious. They're an, an, an endless source of amusement. They are to me. I want my kitty cat. That's her cat voice. Or uh, we our, all have one. Or as our friend calls it, the boner killer. Yeah, well, there you go. Right, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, I was gonna. Something you said made me go. I, we have to talk about that. What? What was it? Okay, it'll come back to me. Sugar. Sugar. It was Mom. some kind of. No, it was just something that passed by. That's like a either a trend or a. 
Oh. Like, how do you nav- How do you navigate that thing? And I can't remember. Jeff's diabetes. No, had- no. It was something like you were talking about, about food in general. Oh. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I can't think either now. We're, we're both a little burned out on cooking. Me and Jan are. We are burned out. And obviously you are too. I just, yeah, I would, yeah, if I won the lottery, I honestly think I would hire a cook. Could Jeff survive if you weren't, like, if you took a sabbatical from cooking? Oh, Yeah. I mean, he does all the time. I was gone forever when my my parents were declining. Oh, yeah. I was gone for months at a time myself. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah he can. Although... How long did your mom cook for herself before she passed away? Oh, she... Did she keep it up for as long she as she could? She stopped cooking for herself probably three, four years before she died. No, I mean, really earlier than that because you know they had all the meals and all that stuff oh in her place yeah, yeah. so did she and miss she it? couldn't stand at a stove any she couldn't stand like that so that's when she kind of stopped but whenever i came we cooked and we had people over because she had this two-bedroom place and it was so wonderful and it had a kitchen yeah it had a little kitchen yeah it was a nice little kitchen so and then i ate down in the cafeteria or they had a dining room with her friends and all that i loved being there it was like a retreat yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was quiet. Yeah. We watched really terrible television shows, Bonanza and Korea, House in the Prairie. Korean dramas. Isn't no, it, they didn't have those. Isn't either. it funny how, because I, I mean, I don't go to Kenosha much anymore. I, don't, you know, I, I haven't been in to, a year, two years. Isn't now. it weird to not go back to the small town anymore? It is weird. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. you're There's not, people I'd like to see that I have, you know. I in, try and see my mom's friends that are there in Kenosha when I go back, but you haven't, you know, you haven't been to Quincy since your mom died, and it's like, oh. No, I went once for a class reunion. Yeah, a a year after she died, and I haven't been back since. And it this will be year four, I think, is where we're at. I miss it, you know. I do miss it. It's hard. Well, listen, we have a minute left. Oh my God, this well, has flown, flown by. By there's so much more to say. There's so much more to say. We'll have you on again because it's just the stories are endless. They are endless, endless stories, and it's amazing how many of them revolve around food. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. My mom made, tried food. to make a rack of rack of la- rack roast, standing rib roast, or whatever that is, one time because she liked to be fancy. And it was when the, my kids were semi-grown, and we had a couple of close relatives over, and it did not get done. <laughs> and it was she did it instead of Thanksgiving dinner because my dad didn't like turkey. Oh god! And so she's like, "Well, fuck, let's just do this." And then, um, yeah, and it didn't. And we all sat there, and she was just besides herself with embarrassment and shame that we couldn't have dinner because it just, it never fucking got done. That's just the worst nightmare ever. Either that or poisoning your guests by accident with something that's bad. Yeah. Nightmare. But listen, (laughs) thank you for coming, Jane. Thank you, Jane. And, 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 you know, we're out of here, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.